revenue and, and money is not a driving force for me. Like that doesn't mean that I don't need it and that I don't appreciate when I, my company's doing well, right? Like yeah. it just means it's not my motivating force. It really came down to that. Like, I'm just like not feeling fulfilled. I have no time for the things that matter for me, like hanging out with my wife or whether she was girlfriend or fiance at the time, we don't know <laughs> at this point, but, <laughs> right? but like hanging out with her and doing stuff with my friends. And like, I played in like, uh, I played in uh, rec, like flag football leagues, basketball leagues. So my, my like day was just, my time was just gone. Yeah. When we, uh, when we come home, right. We walk up yes. our basement, our basement stairs to come inside and you open the door and you got three little dogs all yes. sitting there wagging their tail, smiling, all excited to see you, man. It's the, it's the best, right. You're like, yes, you could have yeah. had the worst day in the world, right. You walk up those stairs and like, none of that crap matters now. Right. And that's yep. a reminder yes. every day, a reminder of what's important. Right. That was Dr. Sean Astorga for you all. And he's our guest for this episode of the podcast. And this is Listen, Learn, Leverage, the podcast focusing on and sharing the human side of some of the best coaches and practitioners in the industry. And I am Ankur Bhattacharji, or Fractal Biomechanics as you know me, and I welcome you all to this podcast. Hey, Sean. Welcome to Listen, Learn, Leverage. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Of course. Oh, good, man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Okay, Sean, uh, before we start the podcast, I would like you to introduce yourself to the listeners who do not know you yet. So if you could just give an overview about yourself. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so my name is Sean Astorga. I'm a, a doctor of physical therapy in Northern New Jersey. Uh, I'm also a strength coach and I own a company, uh, Amp Performance Rehab, where we uh, help uh, athletes and uh, general population people who are kind of struggling with pain and having a hard time finding solutions in a more, more traditional uh, kind of medical setting. Uh, we also, as you know, do uh, clinical and uh, mentorship for uh, rehab professionals and for fitness professionals. And they all always make progress. Always make progress, man. That's what AMP yes. stands for. Yeah. Yes. I got yes. to do a better job of the world. No, that's what it stands for. <laughs> Yes. As I know you for quite some time now, and you have a pretty interesting journey and an incredible career shift. So if you could throw some light on that from where you were earlier and where you are now. So the transition. Yeah, for sure. And I, uh, I appreciate that you think it's very uh, impressive and interesting. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. It is. So I, uh, it's probably good to go back a little bit even before um, college because I was not really uh, into school. I was not a good student at all. And all I really cared about was uh, playing football, playing basketball, and like playing video games. So when it, when it came time for me to make a decision about what I was going to do after, after high school, uh, like my parents were not uh, comfortable investing in me to go to college and university. Uh, my guidance counselors, they, uh, advised me to look for, you know, trade jobs and like things that, along those lines, uh, which was fine at the time, but I just really had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, so when I went to school, I really had zero idea, right. About what my future was going to look like, what I wanted to do career wise, any of that, any of that kind of stuff. And I was in a situation for the first time where, uh, I kind of had to fund everything myself if I was going to pursue higher education. Uh, so ultimately I just basically, that's a long way of me saying that I basically just went into the business world because that seemed to be what people, uh, like myself just did, right. They just kind of went the business route. So I studied finance, uh, and I studied economics. I really liked economics because, um, uh, like how deep it, the thinking goes and how, how it's really like philosophy almost in, in some regards, you know? Um, so I really appreciated, uh, that field. And I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I kind of went the finance route. Uh, when I graduated school, I got very, very lucky. Uh, and I, well, I thought so at the time, but I got very lucky, uh, from a career career sense because I, uh, I was, uh, got a position, uh, working on wall street, uh, for a company called Morgan Stanley, uh, doing, 
investment banking essentially is, is what the, the, the field was, um, which is uh, it's a very, very tough job to, to get. So I, I got lucky. I entered, I had a good day that day on the interview. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe the caffeine was kicking in or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I worked in that, in that realm for maybe about like a year or so. And I really just kind of hated it. Uh, I didn't like the lifestyle. I didn't like that. I was working 12, 14 hours a day and then commuting another hour or two. Um, so I basically, I went from there and I found a more private local, local finance role. And I was in that position, uh, for about seven years. I was, uh, I started as a financial analyst. And then when I was 25, I, I was promoted to a, a senior analyst where I was a manager essentially, uh, and had other people in the finance department reporting to me. Um, but also did not feel too fulfilled. I was spending a lot of my time, uh, studying like training and reading articles on like T nation. And I played basketball still at the time. So like, how can I get faster? Why is my back always hurt? What can I do to fix my back? Like all these types of things, right? Then ultimately that led me to physical therapy school. Um, so I had to make a pretty big career shift. I don't know how much you want me to go into depth on that or if we're going to get there um, at some point. Yeah. 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 So that was obviously a big decision because I was later in my life, you know? Um, so became a physical therapist. I worked for a company that uh, in Northern New Jersey called Parabolic Performance and Rehab. Uh, they doing some cool stuff and just, uh, with blend, basically it was very in line, you know, with, with my, my views and what I wanted to do, uh, at least seemingly right. Like blending performance training and rehab in one space, I thought was a really cool idea. I got to work with a lot of clients that I wanted to work with. Um, but ultimately after there, I kind of left and I was in a director of rehab position at a local, uh, multidisciplinary clinic, right? So a clinic where, uh, you have chiropractors, physical therapists, uh, acupuncturists, orthopedic doctor, pain management doctor, all kind of under one roof. Uh, and that was a very, very eye-opening experience for me just um, as a practitioner, because you see a lot of the things that um, are not so good in the rehab and just like yeah. medical system, you know, um, as you're yes. kind of going through. Um, so ultimately, uh, some point in, in that when I was a physical therapist career, I was like, I need to do something on my own. And that's that's where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it takes a lot of courage, especially when you are so many years into something, even if you hate it, hate it, love it, but you're already so many years deep into it, like seven years, you said? Yeah, I, I was, uh, when I graduated PT school, I was about eight or nine years into, into that field. Oh, man. So, yeah. so imagine almost a decade and then you made the shift. Coming yeah. You're, make, you're, you're making me feel old, man. <laughs> No, no, no. We both are Benjamin <laughs> Buttons, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah so, reversing age, age, age is reversing backwards, man. <laughs> yes. So regarding the career change, it's a big, big, big decision. People who have not done it, people don't realize it. I have done it. I realize it, how big it is. I wanted to ask you regarding the career change, how much of calculation was involved and how much of leap of faith was involved in it? And how much of research did you do regarding the physiotherapy world while you were at Wall Street? And how did you know that, okay, there are already so many physios out there. I am in this finance world. How am I going to make that leap of faith, that shift, and then to be better than most and to be different? So please elaborate on that. It's a big difference. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm better than most, but I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I yeah, that. I, I think it's I think it's uh, probably good that I didn't uh, look too much into the physical therapy field uh, because oh. I kind of went into it uh, knowing what I knew, right? As a like a past patient, right? Like I've had a ton of injuries in my my career, right? I had ankle surgery, I had uh, I played contact sports, right? So I was always some kind of muscle pull or some kind of strain or something like that, right? So I, I had seen and been fortunate to work with a pretty good physical therapist and then not so good physical therapist. But my only exposure, right, before going into this field was that outpatient physical therapy. I didn't realize that there was neurophysical therapy or like acute care hospital physical therapy or anything else, right? Yes. So probably good that I didn't really know too much more about it because then I don't know if I would have done it. Um, I went into it knowing that I was giving up a uh, big salary potential um, because in the finance world, mm -hmm. you're really yep. capped, you're really capped by your, how your drive, right. Almost and depending on what you do. Um, and in the physical therapy world, you cap out very quickly uh, within like a few years, in my opinion, yes. you do, um, unless yes. you do your own thing and you go out on your own or you're doing like a lot of multiple different things, right. You can get creative with it. Um, 
but the big calculation for me was I was basically not going to be working much for three years. Um, I had a, obviously like a good salary. Uh, we, my wife and I, she was my uh, girlfriend at the time or fiance at the time. I don't remember which one, but one of the two. Um, <laughs> and you don't even remember. No. Well, we're going back now, man. We're going back. We were engaged yeah, for like five years. So it's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to think about. Um, but we were together at the time, same person yeah, but, as I'm married to now. But, but, but don't let her hear this then. No, no, no. She's not listening yeah, yeah. to this. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, but we had like, uh, we lived on our own. We had our own own place to live, right? We had our own expenses and all of these things. We we're certain, uh, accustomed to living a certain lifestyle. Hmm. So the big decision for us was like, well, holy crap, like, are we, like what are we going to have to give up, right? Like how much income am I giving up? Like there's an opportunity cost to three years of not getting an income or a fraction of my income. So I, did, I did work, um, but getting a fraction of my income, can we one, like cover our baseline expenses? And two, like we still need to like do stuff and enjoy ourselves and like, you know, have fun. Like, can we do that? So that was a real like big decision for me, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else like you want me to touch on there, but that was the biggest, the biggest, biggest thing for me. So didn't you do any kind of research like, okay, if I go to this college in physiotherapy, I can be mm. this and I can reach that position in that sports team or in that clinic and I can be something like those job related queries. Sure. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be very, very uh, uninspiring, but I, uh, I basically, since my background was economics and finance. Uh, yes. I didn't meet a lot of the requirements needed to get into most physical therapy programs. So yes. it varies, it varies by state. So I essentially was like, I'm going to dedicate one year to taking some of the science courses I needed. Like I needed to take uh, anatomy and physiology one and two. I needed to take chemistry one and two. I needed to take uh, physics one and two. They didn't want to take my earth like rock science course. You know, it didn't count. <laughs> so there are some states where that was just like New Jersey. That was the baseline minimum that I needed. Arizona was one that had lower restrictions. Uh, Florida was one. Um, but it really limited my options of schools that I would be able to even get accepted into based on that, that, that aspect. Um, so which, from which, which state or which college had the highest threshold of that uh, acceptance? Like you have to be really good to get in. So which college? Uh, I'm not sure. I would imagine like something like, uh, I think like Columbia has like a PT program or NYU, something like that. They probably have some PT program. I would imagine something like that, but it, uh, it goes by state. And it's not that the, the grades weren't my issue. The grades were fine. It was more like the, the prerequisite coursework. I just didn't have it yeah. done. And we're talking, yeah, PT school is three years, right? Plus for me, I had a fourth year because I'm like taking all these uh, yes. prerequisite courses. Pre and if I wanted yeah. to go to like a school in New York, like, then I'm like, all right, maybe now this is two years of prerequisite courses. I'm getting old, man. So it's like, we got to like speed this process up. Uh, but I'm also a very big believer, right? That, um, yes, there's benefit to going to, to certain programs because of the connections you'll make and the network of people you'll have, right? Like a hundred percent, right? People go to Harvard because of like the, the opportunities afterwards, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there might be other reasons. I don't want to speak for them. Okay. I obviously yeah, repetition mean, I, as well. Repetition, yeah. Yeah, I obviously didn't go to, to Harvard. Um, but the other consideration was uh, the financial aspect of it, right? Like the cost of schooling, because yep. to me, I'm like looking at a PT program and like when you start peeling away what it's teaching you, it's teaching you fundamentals, right? It's teaching you basics in general, right? I'm sure there's some programs that, that are you know better than others, but it's giving you the fundamentals and it's prepping you to pass your board exam so you can get your actual license and be a practicing physical therapist. So for me, I got into uh, to two programs, uh, University of Miami, which was my top choice school, uh, just because of some of the names who have gone there, like that's like the Greg Cook of the Craig Cooks of the world, like all that kind of stuff. So they have a very good, good program. And then I got into, at the time, it was University of Medicine and Dentistry in, in, of New Jersey, but now it's Rutgers. Um, but when you start comparing the cost of in-state right, mm -hmm. Rutgers versus University of Miami, like the cost difference is insane. So for me, I'm like, the decision is really simple. Our house is in New Jersey. I could drive to the school so I don't have to live there, right? And the tuition yeah. itself is a fraction of it. Because when you start thinking about the finances, right? Like uh, PT salary is not gonna justify what the loans are for most people. It just doesn't make sense. Some people are coming out 150K, 200K in yeah. debt right off the bat. And then a PT starting salary, like 
I don't know what it is, 65 to 85,000, maybe somewhere in that range. So it's like, you're in a hole, right? Right off the start. So I was trying to minimize that, you know, that, that aspect a little bit. So your financial background of the past really helped you in taking this decision. So what is worth and what is not? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of take that approach with a lot of things, right? Like yeah. uh, what's the, what's the true, the real cost and benefit? What is the, the marginal cost, marginal benefit? What is the opportunity cost of doing versus not doing like those kind of things or just lowest, that's how my, my brain works. Fruit. Yeah. Lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. man. Why exactly did you leave that job? And what was the risk to reward ratio that you were weighing in? Like, what was it that made you hate your job? Uh, you're talking about when I worked in finance. Yeah, for finance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I hated it. It was like, I don't know how deep we want to get here. Like, I, I, I like tend to think too much about stuff. So I think that things on like, a, I, I just kind of peel layers away. So for me, when I'm looking at like meaning of, of life, right? Like, what am I on this yep. earth for? Right? We're going to get yes. weird for a second. Like, you start this realizing is, this, like, this is, this is what this podcast is all about. Okay, so, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a zero technical podcast, as you know. So yeah, you can go. Uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So like when you start thinking about like your your meaning, right? Like what I care about, I'm wasting a lot of my life, my time, my effort to make decisions. Like yes, I get a salary, but I'm really making decisions that help uh, other people who are already probably rich get more money, right? Like. So when you start thinking about like, what is it that I'm really doing? Like, is that what I'm okay with? For me, I was not okay with that. For some people, they are, right? And that's fine. Um, that's what makes the world go around. So it really came down to that. Like, I'm just like not feeling fulfilled. I have no time for the things that matter for me, like hanging out with my wife or whether she was girlfriend or fiance at the time, we don't know <laughs> at this point, but, <laughs> right? but like hanging out with her and doing stuff with my friends. And like, I played in like, uh, I played in uh, rec, like flag football leagues, basketball leagues. So my my like day was just my time was just gone, and we could get into it. But like I had health issues as a result of it. Like so, like when you start weighing things in the bigger picture, like that was the decision was really easy. Um, it was just yeah. a matter of like, am I okay with the short term? Like, okay, this might suck a little bit going back to school, and you know, those types of things. Take, so, take, a, take, a, take a surveillance of the, the big picture, right? What's happening? And then you just go yeah. and see what happens, man. <laughs> so when you look back on the timeline of your career graph, so you see, okay, I was in the finance world. I did this for seven, eight years, and then I joined and I left the job. I did physiotherapy, now AMP. From a macroscopic view, it's fine. But the microscopic details, so what was actually going in your mind, what was your inner voice telling you while you were clicking on that send button of that resignation mail or you were about to talk to your boss or manager regarding your resignation? So what was those exciting moments? Like those are memorable moments. Even I remember mine. So <laughs> what was going on through your mind at that point? Are we, we're, still, we're still talking about when I was in the finance world. Yes. Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah. So let's see. Um, my boss at the time, her name was Tony. Um, but I remember, uh, my situation, right. as a unique, right. So let me take it back a sec. So I needed to still have an income while I was in school. I needed uh, to still have a job. I needed to take a year of prerequisites. So just keep that in mind. So basically I had to frame the conversation was like, Hey, like, listen, uh, these are my plans, right? Like I want to go back to school. I am really interested. And she knew me, right? Like she knew I was into sports and that kind of stuff. Like I really am want to go back to school to be a, a physical therapist. I want to go to doctor of physical therapy school. And this is what I want to do. Here's what I need to happen. Like, is it possible that I can still work here? I really enjoyed working here. Like it's, it was close to my house. There's so many benefits of being there. And they basically just took my salary and made me hourly. So I didn't lose any income. So she helped me out big time in that regard. Uh, and she would let me go right on like Monday, I had to take like physics and physics lab. So I was out of work for like three or four hours. And they let me yeah. just come in, come in early and come back later. And just as long as I got my stuff done, no one cared. Um, but I also now that you're saying this, I got very lucky, because um, <laughs> they, they had a hard time replacing me. So Ooh. when I was in when I was in physical therapy school, uh, I was like, listen, my schedule is all over the place, right? Like I, I'm in class these times on these days on these times these days. And at first they were like, this is not going to work for us. Unfortunately, like we have things that need to get done. And they kept bringing in people to replace me and they just couldn't, they couldn't, 
grasp it for whatever reason. So then you're they so called good, man. You're, you're no, so good. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not. It's not that. It's not that. They were getting cheap. That's what it was, and they were hiring the wrong oh. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> they're like they could pay me hourly, less hours, and do not the same job, but like I could do a good portion of it. And they let me work from from home. They let me they let me work uh, basically on my own time. Like the company started at nine, I would come in sometimes seven to eight in the morning, and then just go to school and then come back. Like they let me do all those things. So I got very, very, very lucky that I had people on my side. You know what I mean? Like they were willing to yeah. help me out, um, and I helped them too. Like don't get me wrong, like, it went both ways. Yes, but yes, like yes, that's yes. I understand that that is not a normal job situation, and I'm like super appreciative even now thinking about it. Like I kind of forgot about it, some of these things. Very lucky, man. Very lucky. Things worked in your favor. So now when you leave the job, now you're into the physiotherapy world, the coaching world. And yes, just because you are in your world of uh, interest, your world of passion, doesn't mean everything is going to sail smooth. There are going to be hurdles. There are going to be big obstacles. So what were the hurdles that you faced after crossing that barrier, after coming out of the physiotherapy school or even there? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think you have like a, a certain vision of what being a physical therapist is going to be like, right? And you you don't go into this field because you're going to get rich, right? I hope not because you're making a big mistake if that's your if yes. that's your goal. Yes. You go into the field because you want to uh, to help people, right? You want to give back. You want to do something good good by by people, right? Uh, and you quickly realize that there are is a lot of red tape when you're in the traditional medical model, meaning there are a lot of uh, things that are out of your control that might impact how you interact with a person from a, from a rehab standpoint in my case, right? So for example, health insurance, right? People, some have great health insurance and it covers everything. Some have crappy insurance, it covers nothing, but they can financially afford it. Some have crappy insurance and they can't afford it, right? So they, like, it's a reality that we have to kind of yeah. deal with. There's also, um, uh, conflict, I'll say, between me as a treating physical therapist and a provider and then uh, the business owner, right? Yes. And this comes down to, and this is natural, right? Like I'm a business owner now. I, I can appreciate it from, from both perspectives, right? I have a certain vision of things. And that's why it's very important for me to make sure that the people who are, who are helping me build AMP are sharing the same vision because otherwise there's conflict, there's turmoil, right? There's resentment from one direction or the other. Um, but that happens, right? And it's going to happen in every field because you have people who don't have uh, skin in the game from the sense that they're not on the floor treating. They're not on the floor working with patients, right? They might be like a PT or something like that, which is fine. Um, but they're looking at numbers, right? And it's a business, so you need to generate revenue, of course. But there, there, those conflicts are there. And it makes it very difficult to have my vision of what uh, rehab and physical therapy and my role is in a person's journey versus what I'm hearing from people who are on the, you know, business side of things is, is a big one. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be like a very specific, like uh, job, um, like hurdle, I guess, you know, you've got to figure out how to manage those things. Then there's personal hurdles, of course. Um, yes, yes. But so it's funny because our industry kind of lives on social media gathering likes and shares and following in this messy world how do you find your inner peace i mean i lose my i lose it sometimes man <laughs> it's natural yeah. it's natural yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a great question um uh first i'll say i think it is very hard to be a fitness professional or rehab professional coming up right now uh with social media as the primary source because uh you get you get one, one day, someone that you like and follow says one thing, the next day they say the other thing. And from your perspective, you're like, what the hell do I care about? I don't even know yes. what to believe anymore. So it's very, very confusing. And it's very, very frustrating. I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of doing that um, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically I had like a, uh, an existential crisis recently <laughs> due, to, due to some of the things related to like uh, the marketing for our mentorship program. And some of the questions that I was receiving about the mentorship program, um, I'll, I'm just going to be like as politically correct as possible. So I'm not going to say anything, but it got me, it got me very frustrated, right? Like very, very frustrated. And uh, it really was an eye-opening experience for me about like what people's perception is, right? Uh, of, the, of, the, of the world. So for me, yeah. the way that I handled it is um, 
like I use social media for business. So I need to be on it. Right. I need to be active to some extent. Um, but I just started, uh, basically muting the crap out of everybody. Like I, when I look at my feed now, it's people that I want to see. Right. So like you, you made the cut on course. So you're on there. So I'll have like a very, uh, (laughs) a very curated list of things, like people that I find, uh, I take value from, like I learn from them and I'm like, I like hearing different perspectives and like those types of people. Uh, and it's much more peaceful in my brain because now I'm like trying to not be associated with certain, certain things. Right. Yeah. Um, cause it gets, it gets crazy. And I, I can tell you some of the questions I was receiving and it, it got me very upset, but it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll save that for another, another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So your wife back then, fiance or girlfriend, you don't remember, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not important for the story. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she had supported and inspired you throughout the process of, this career shifting and all those things you're you're told me this so if you could tell the coaches who are listening to you or the people who are listening to you how important it is to have the right life partner how important how crucial it is yeah um yeah i mean hugely hugely important right like uh, i'll start by saying that um my wife made a career change very very early in her process right she realized when she graduated from college that she was not happy in an office setting or doing the things that she was kind of, her career was lining her up for. Uh, So she made that choice and decision very quickly that she was not happy there. Like I need to do something that I'm more passionate about and that fulfills me. And she made that change within the first like year or so of her her career. Um, So having someone uh, or seeing her do that, one gave me the confidence to obviously do it. Um, Two, uh, having somebody who like, she's not going to always agree with me. Right. And I'm not going to always agree with her. And it's, it's not a, what it's about, Yeah, yep. but having somebody who I'm 100% comfortable with, uh, telling them things, right. And asking for their opinions or advice, knowing that they're going to like not BS me and they're not going to just be like, Oh yeah, it's great. Like looks perfect. They're going to give me their honest feedback, uh, is huge. And, uh, if you are like, a, as I'm learning as a business owner, it is a very scary world because you're sometimes feel very, very alone. Um, and like, it's hard to find people who uh, can relate to the problems that I'm having who are not, who are not business owners. Uh, my wife's a business owner. So it's like <laughs> having someone who's going through the same things with, who lives in the same house as me, who is going through the same struggles as me. Uh, and having that, that like just soundboard where we can kind of have those types of conversations just very candidly and openly uh, is, is huge, man. It's, it's everything. And like I said, right, like I'm not here talking to you if it's not for our relationship, because she is the one who really pushed me, right? She pushed me like, listen, she's like, like, dude, you're, you're not getting younger, right? You're like already entering this field at a, an older age. Like yes. stop, stop analyzing every little detail and just like either do it or don't do it, but you have to make the decision and then live with it and see what happens. Right. And the reality of it is, is that's kind of life, right? Like we can either yes. get held back by what's going on in our brain, or we can just, just freaking do it and see what happens. And that's yeah. Forever, forever in debt, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's so crucial. I just want to say the coaches who are listening to this, that if your home, if your personal life is not sorted out, no amount of knowledge on dorsal rostral expansion and left adductor pullback is going to sort those issues. Sort out your home first, sort out your personal life first. Yeah. It's your personal life, like your health, right? Like take care of all those things that matter. Right. And it's, it's true, man. Like, Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're humans and we're in the, the business of relationships, right? Like we need yes. to build relationships with our clients, with ourselves, with our whoever, right? So it's all related, man. <laughs> Honesty, true feedback, friendship, in the true sense, these are the qualities that, yeah, that are pretty important in a relationship because without honest feedback, oh, it, it gets tough. It's, it's tough. It gets really tough. Yeah. And and communication, man. Like if you, I can relate this to like rehab, right? If I'm not good at communicating a a plan or what I'm trying to accomplish in a way that my patient understands, right. And makes sense to them, then I'm not doing a good job. Then there's, there's turmoil, right. There's, there's a, a, there's, there's disconnect in the, in the process. Right. So all these things are are super important. They're all interrelated. You know, it's just a Man, relationships, dude. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yes, as a dog lover, as a dog person, <laughs> I, I have to ask this because we discuss this a lot. So dog owners can really relate to this. 
what life lessons or what qualities have you learned from your dogs? You have three, right? <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have three small dogs. Yeah. Pack. Yeah, pack mentality, man. It's about pack the tribe, mentality. dude. The family, yeah. right? It's the family. Yeah. But also, and I joke around about this all the time, but like, uh, uh, it's very easy for me because some days, like here, I'm obviously in an office, but there are days where I work from home. And it's very yeah. easy for me to just be at my computer all day doing stuff. But Chewy, no matter what, every like half hour, 45 minutes, maybe hour, that, that guy's coming up to me and he is scratching at my leg trying to get pet and he wants me to go play with him. He's giving me those reminders, right? Like, yes. like dude, I get your work is important, but there's also yes. like us, right? You have to come hang out with us, just chill for a second, like just come rub my belly, whatever it is. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And that's it, man, you know? Uh, so they have it figured out, dogs, you know? <laughs> Their role is so underappreciated, I would say. So you're at your home working, you're alone, but then work stress and everything when it clogs your brain like okay i'm so frustrated right now with the workload and everything and then your dogs cheer you up they make you have the positive vibes again i think 100 percent. yeah when we uh when we come home right we walk up yes. our basement our basement stairs to come inside and you open the door and you got three little dogs all yes. sitting there wagging their tail smiling all excited to see you man it's the it's the best right you're like yes, you could have yeah. had the worst day in the world, right? You walk up those stairs and like none of that crap matters now, right? And that's yeah, a reminder yes. every day, a reminder of what's important, right? Truly, what's truly important mentality. One for yeah, all, man. one for one. That's it. And so, also Chewy gets, he gets to hear all my best and my worst ideas. Cause I just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit there talking to dogs all day. Probably judges you a lot. So like, yeah, probably. That's a, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is going to be deep. You have had a massive injury in 2017, a life-changing injury in 2017. If you could go deep into that, because I, I think a lot of people will get a lot of motivation because of this, because they sometimes feel their body is limiting themselves. But the way you have surmounted those hurdles and obstacles, it's pretty commendable. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so in uh, April of 2017, so just over four years now, uh, I had, uh, two boxes, they fell and they kind of hit me in the back of my head while I was looking downward toward the ground. Uh, and I suffered a concussion and then an upper cervical injury. So basically like, uh, the area where my dens is and like the transverse ligament, right. I, I essentially just sprained it. So I had a, a pretty bad whiplash injury. Um, and the, the healing process for me, the recovery process was like anything but typical. It was actually like completely opposite. So like the first two or three weeks, I was kind of progressing normally, normal, normal, normal. And then out of nowhere, I just tanked and I had problems with uh, vestibular issues. I would get dizzy very, if I just turned my head very quickly, like driving to look over my shoulder, I would get dizzy. Uh, a lot of scary things kind of, kind of happened. Um, so that kind of progressed for the first three months. And then I finally, uh, was taken out of work and I was basically spent the rest of that year, like a full year, uh, just trying to find answers, right. Like trying to find some kind of solution, like explanation for why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. Uh, and I couldn't find it. I was just going from neurologist to vestibular specialist to ENT to any kind of specialist you could think of, any kind of rehab person you could think of. Uh, and this is not a knock on, on them. It's just, uh, it's just, I think that sometimes it is hard to take in the whole picture of the person and, and the things that are contributing to their, to their situation. And when we're specialists, right? Like I'm guilty of this too. We look in a very narrow t view, right? We have a very like uh, small scope that we're looking at things. And if it's not a vestibular issue, then I'm a vestibular specialist. I can't help you. Right. So I was getting a lot of that and I was kind of just wasting a lot of time going basically months to different doctors, uh, people telling me like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. I was taken away from exercising, like walking, like everything. Uh, and ultimately like there was a big decline in just my general function as like a human, like my health. Uh, I'm like a pretty fit person. Like at the time I was running half marathons, you know, the same day I got injured, actually, I ran my fastest, uh, I don't remember if it was a half marathon or 10 mile run like that I've ever run. And then later that afternoon, like pff, I got hit in the head. Um, 
So for me, like I'd be like real basic things, right? Like washing dishes, I'm getting out of breath and I got to take a break. I walk to my mailbox and I start getting like heart palpitations, like a lot of like weird kind of crazy stuff. Um, and then there was a, uh, I heard like Ben house, Dr. Ben house talking on a podcast and he was talking about people with brain injury. And he was talking about like in the sense of like, like testosterone. Uh, but he said some stuff that I could really relate to. And I basically like reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, this is like my situation. Do you think you can help me? And he was like, he was like, I don't know. Right. Like he was very honest and candid and he's like, I don't know, but like, here's, here's what we can try. And then I met with him and then the kind of rest is history, you know, like he, uh, helped change my perspective on a lot of things, uh, uh, life-wise, like personally, and also just my role as a fitness or rehab or whatever movement professional, like however you want to look at it, you know, just how I, I interact with other humans and my lens, kind of lens to, to view things through. And how did you recover from there? Like the training approach, the nutrition, yeah. how did you take it forward from there? Yeah. So uh, I still have no idea what, what happened. If I'm being honest, I have thoughts, right? Like there's a, like you think about recovering from a brain injury and then like exposure to stressors, right? Uh, I have a very hypervigilant visual system right now, which is why I wear the prism glasses. So I can, I can appreciate why I was experiencing some of the things from just like a, um, a nervous system standpoint, right? Like just like a stress appraisal, environmental appraisal, internal, external. Uh, I also believe that throughout my first, like however many months of that re recovery journey is uh, I was basically managed away from uh, a lot of things that were meaningful for me, right? So for example, uh, like you should not be going out into busy environments with your friends, basically, right? You should, I stopped exercising essentially, right? I stopped, uh, I was, this is annoying too, but like I was uh, working with a, a practitioner yeah. who was like, you should be on a, a keto diet. And I didn't know anything at the time, right? So I was basically, I'm a 200 pound guy eating like 1800 calories a day. So I was undernourished. Right. So my body just physically didn't have a lot of the resources needed to, to recover, heal, and then maintain my baseline level of function. Right. So I was just in a deficit. Right. I went from, I, I think at my lowest, I weighed around like 175, 178 pounds at the time, lost a ton of muscle mass, all those types of things. So when I worked with Ben, we literally like, <laughs> he was basically like, uh, let's put you on some type of like autoimmune type diet. Right. So we're going to basically limit, limit the things that could potentially influence your, you negatively, right. Or cause inflammation in your system and then reintroduce those things gradually. But the big thing, and I think the thing that was most useful for me was the amount of food that I was eating. Uh, we, I basically was eating, he was like, we need to find the upper limit of what you can eat and not get fat basically. Right. <laughs> like ma maintain like weight stability. Yes. So I was up to almost like, it was like 3000, 3200 calories when I was previously eating almost half that. Right. And within no yeah. joke, like two, two days, like I could tell differences in my energy. Like I could walk down the street and not get like heart palpitations, like a lot of those types of things. So when I take a step back and like, look at the process, uh, yes, we use like lab work to kind of guide the decision-making and those types of things. But in reality, it was like, I just needed to set my environment up for success so that it could natural healing capabilities and processes can take place. Right. I still have the injury in my neck. When you look at it in an MRI, you can see the, the, the changes that are, you know, demonstrative of, of actual healing taking place, right? Like hypertrophy tissue around like the, the dents and all those things, they're still there, right? Like it's not, we're not improving that. That's, that is what it is. Um, but the, the environment wasn't set up for me to, to be successful. And then he helped me basically uh. make it successful. I was like a monk, man, at the time. I was meditating like two hours a day. Dude, it got it got weird. <laughs> yeah, I was like a monk. Just, just look at this, man. So many factors are playing in. As even Bill Hartman says this, so many factors playing in. Like new coaches or anyone practitioners, they do certain certifications and they do certain courses and then think that, okay, this information is going to change the lives of people. I'm going to be the messiah of people and I'm going to save everyone. But then no. There are so many things that are playing at the same time. And we have yeah. this narrow scope of this. This is actual, actual practicing. Like Ben House, he didn't say, okay, yeah, I'm going to sort it out. He said, okay, we will try. I don't know. Yeah. 
got me very comfortable with gray and navigating gray. Great. Very yes. comfortable when you experience it from the patient patient perspective and you're like, oh shit, this is what my patients are experiencing when they're like, no one can help them with their back pain for 20 years, right? Like starts to change your perspective, right? Yes. A little bit, hundred um, percent. And like you said, man, we don't know yeah. when we're interacting with a human. Of course. Yeah. But we don't know when we're interacting with a human, what systems or interaction of systems we're influencing. We just know if there's a positive or negative outcome, right? And it could literally be someone doesn't like me coaching them through a 90-90 or a squat or whatever, but they yeah. like how Encore, how Encore coaches the 90-90 and squat. And that could be the difference. Yep. Right? Yes. Because you're creating a safe, maybe it's just need like a safe environment with someone that they like their energy. I don't know. Like we never know. So, so, so someone's uh, suppose squatting or doing uh, 90-90 or some other drill, but in the in his mind, he's thinking about the breakup that he had with his girlfriend <laughs> and the trauma it has caused. There are so many factors playing in. We as coaches, we do not know. Yeah, we don't know. And the recent experience that you have had with COVID, if you could share this, because a lot of people are suffering through this, especially in India. So it yeah. can be quite motivating for people. It can boost them up. How did you face it and how did you overcome this? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I'll just start by saying it, uh, it sucked uh, big time <laughs> for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, and it's uh, also, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if this is on topic or off, but like I, I followed the, the protocols, right? Like I didn't do anything I wasn't like supposed to do. I just was like, like most people probably, right. They're wearing their masks. They're washing their hands, all that stuff. The person I was with, right. Was wearing a mask, washing his hands, taking all those things. And then five days later, um, they're like, I got COVID, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's just like, it, it gets a little frustrating uh, mentally. Um, for me, um, the progression of, I had a fever basically for 12 days, right? And I was uh, laying in bed, right? I literally did not move off the couch unless it was to like get water or like go to the bathroom or something, right? Like very minimal movement. Um, but it eats at your mind for a little bit. Like the questions start popping in, like, am I ever going to get better, right? Like I consider myself and my wife, like very fortunate. Like I know people my age or younger who are just as healthy and we're in the hospital with like pneumonia or COVID, whatever, you know, yep. complications. Yes. Right. So we're, we're very lucky in that, in that, in that sense for, for sure. Um, and again, another example of, I couldn't take care of myself. She, my wife's symptoms were much milder than mine. And even mm. though she was sick, she was like making sure like we're all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, yeah. another test, another testament to, to that. Um, but yeah, once, um, once the fever kind of broke, I, I felt better pretty quickly. Like if day 12 days of being sick day 13, I'm like, I feel pretty normal. The only thing I noticed was, uh, extremely deconditioned, extremely. Like I would get out of breath if I went for a walk with my wife and we'd have a conversation. Like I'd have to catch my breath. Um, like those types of things. Uh, and what we know, right. With, with COVID and like, uh, I didn't have many respiratory symptoms luckily like mine was mm -hmm. mostly uh like just a fever and like fatigue was the big one but there are changes that happen to like your microvasculature right people are right with inflammation in various areas of their body right it has to do with like the the, the receptors that the, the virus binds to uh like once all that stuff cleared and i was able to train again and just like work back up like ultimately i don't have any side effects that i could tell right like i just life is kind of like normal, luckily now for me, you know, but I know for a lot of people, yes. it's, it's not yes. that way. And it's, uh, it's scary. Be lucky and that you got over it without anything major, only fever and fatigue, which is pretty much acceptable when COVID happens to you. Like. Yeah. It was like, uh, like when I look back on it, it was like 12 days of my life that really sucked. And for some people it's worse than that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can like, I could just look back and be like, all right, like, <laughs> Luckily, that's all it was, right? Like 12 days, terrible. But then after that, here we are, you know, and yeah. You can, you can think of this as your second life. People in their teens, 20s or even 30s are passing away, getting hospitalized, having pneumonia, yeah. severe pneumonia. So I think this is a way of being grateful to life that, okay, this is my second chance because of what I'm seeing right now with what's happening with people around so, yeah 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 for sure and uh no 100 percent. you know you never you never know man right and it's yeah. another reminder right you got to appreciate 
what you have, where you're at, who you're with, like those types of things, like really comes down to what's, when it comes back to what's important, it's like that stuff, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Life is pretty unpredictable. So going away from brain injury and COVID. uh, So this, another interesting topic that I have for you is that in your AMP mentorship, you pretty much allow very few people to enter it after judging them and them passing through a filter you allow them into it you could have allowed everyone who applied for it and you could have earned a lot of money by putting in just the exact efforts but you didn't you resist that urge so this is something i want to know from you what's the importance of money in your life how much and what is the value of money in your life so you that is resist, you resist that urge pretty much like it's so commendable um yeah i don't even know where to start on that one um i think uh you know you know kanye kanye west yeah yeah you know the song right i think he says it best uh money isn't everything but not having it is so uh, <laughs> right um what i'll say is this right um like I, I, I'm a business owner, right? So I need to, I have revenue metrics that I look at that are important for me, right? One, I, this is my income, right? But also I'm like growing, I'm growing, essentially I'm growing two businesses, right? The, the mentorship and I'm growing this, right? The, the in-person practice and the, the virtual, virtual practice. So I just want to start by saying, I'm not like, I'm not like, I'm all about like making money. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like that I'm just some like, yeah, I hate that stuff. Right. Of course not. Like we need to, we we live in a capitalist world and that's where we're at. But, um, but in terms of your specific question with the mentorship, so the mentorship is actually a a small part of AMP Uh, financially. It's, it's small, right. And you could do the math. All right. I only let 15 people max in per group and you know what it costs to get in. Right. So you could do the math about how much I'm going to make on on that in a a given, given year. Um, But it's, 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 something that I just enjoy doing, right? Like I look back at like my journey and I was very fortunate to have people who have helped me big time and who have given me professional and personal guidance, right? From like a mentorship capacity. And I would not be here without that situation, right? And uh, this is an opportunity for me to do that. 15 people is the number I find is the max that I mean, you see how much time I dedicate to the mentorship program. It's a lot, right? Yes. It's a lot. Yes. And the actual return that I'm making for like an hour of my time is not much compared to what I could make here seeing one patient. Right. Um, so um, it's, it's a way that I can and be very high touch with everybody. And I can uh, kind of meet with people multiple times a week. I can meet with a group multiple times a week and uh, give them an experience that, uh, that helps them progress, right? Gives them what they need, right? Because you see this group, man, you're, you're in there, right? So there are people who have zero exposure to anything that is related to respiration or even measuring like a joint, right? You have people who have been doing this maybe longer than me in the same group. We're all in here and we're just trying to, to learn and, and grow and get better, right? I'm just a little further in my journey, you know, than, than other people. Um, and it's something I enjoy doing, man. So like, yes, I need to get like, obviously like get paid to do it. I need to like, it's a lot of time on my, my part for sure. Uh, but if I want to ensure everyone's experience is good and I, I can uh, maximize that, you know, that's kind of how I view it is 15 yeah, is a good I, number, I, man. I feel proud. I feel good that you're my mentor and I have someone to ask for help if I'm stuck with someone, with a client or what to do from here. So that's the biggest satisfaction that I have. And I've seen the kind of effort that you are putting in is incredible, incredible. So that's the thing, you are earning a name. Money is great, we all need money to survive, to prosper in life materialistically, but to have that impact, to give that, to give back to the society because you are being helped once as well when you are a beginner. So, So that cycle of life, that's pretty important. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And that's a good point is the, the impact, right? Like, cause that's ultimately what I, what I think about, right? It's revenue and, and money is not a driving force for me. Like that doesn't mean that I don't need it and that I don't appreciate when I, my company's doing well, right? Like yeah. it just means it's not my motivating force, but helping people like yourself achieve, get from where you are to where you want to go. Like that, that's 
meaningful to me and that's fulfilling and you see the group right we got people from around the world like that's that's freaking cool um so like the ability to 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 come in contact and work closely with so many different people is what i care about and yes that's going to help grow the business and make like a name and all that kind of stuff but my driving force is not the the income right just like my driving force for amp is not like how much revenue potential like the company can have it's like i have the opportunity to help people in a way that other people can't Right. Like, and I built that environment the way that I want to build it and the way that I think is best, not saying it's, it is the best, but it's the way that I feel allows me to interact with people at the, the level that I'm comfortable with, you know, and from there, everything else will hopefully fall in place. I don't know. <laughs> There's a reason you were the first guest on my podcast because I'm so comfortable with you. Oh, appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah. You create an environment where people can learn, even if they have zero knowledge regarding this topic or even if they're practicing it for quite some time so you create that environment which is pretty good pretty good awesome and what are your ambitions and expectations from amp and where do you see it in the next five to ten years yeah um so the two aspects of amp right mentorship clinical so uh the state of uh physical therapy at least in New Jersey, I imagine it's in the US and probably extends beyond the US, yes. but I'll speak to what I, I'm aware of and what I, I've experienced. Uh, it's not the greatest for a practitioner. Uh, and the only opportunity you have as a practitioner to really do the things you wanna do uh, is really honestly to, to be your own boss, essentially. Uh, my big picture for AMP is, is that, is to give people that opportunity, uh, just like how Monica is kind of like our our prototype we're trying to figure out her and I like what works from that perspective uh but yeah. give her the freedom right or give people the freedom to practice the way they want to practice uh well you know kind of within certain limitations of course but practice the way they want to practice uh be part of something that's that's bigger than themselves and to grow uh something that they're proud of um so that's my ultimate goal with amp is to uh make it something like that um i don't know what it's going to look like but that's my big picture of that uh, in terms of the mentorship, it's it's very similar, right? Because uh, this is the third time we've done the mentorship. So there's something like 45 people who have gone through it and who are going or going through it and are in the overall uh, community that, that we're kind of building. Uh, the best way to, um, to grow the mentorship, in my opinion, is not add more people to the program because I'm one person, right? It's to uh, have other coaches and people who can run the mentorship. Right. So like me, plus like, maybe there's like an encore, right. Maybe there's uh, whoever, right. There's, there's 45 people who have the opportunity now to, to expand this. Right. Uh, that would be like the net other, other big picture. So I guess opportunity is the, <laughs> is the, is the big picture goal for things. And I wish you all the best for MP because I want to see this company succeeding really high. No, I appreciate that, man. But uh, that's what it is, right? Is 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 impact. There's there's problems that are prevalent in the medical system for patients. There's problems that are prevalent for practitioners. Like I could sit here and bitch about it all day, or we can figure <laughs> out we can figure out a solution, right? Like what yes. what can we do to make this better, right? Like this has worked great for me. Like it allows me to live the life that I want, and I feel like yes, yes. I get stressed about like normal things, right? Of course, but like I'm able to like. Hey, you know what? I, I, me and my wife want to go to our friend's wedding, right? So we can take this, yeah. these five days off and it's like, whatever, yes. you know, I have the opportunity. I can, uh, I can make my schedule the way I want to make it. If I don't want to work on Wednesday, I don't work on Wednesday, you know, but yeah. I'm the one who has to deal with that. Right. Uh, so having those opportunities is huge for people, man. And it's, it's freedom, right? It's freedom. Cause time, like I'm in the U S man. So like, Worst case scenario, I, I could be like an Uber driver or something, right? If, if everything failed. So like the, for real, right? Like when you start yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. about things in that, in that perspective, like what's the worst that can happen? And that's really, aside from like injury or health related things, like yes. I'll always be able to find a way to, to make an income, right? Whether it's what I want to do or not, it's another story. I don't yeah. know what we're talking about, man. <laughs> I, I think it's a good approach. I think it is the best approach when taking a decision. If you can imagine yourself in the worst case scenario, okay, so what is the worst case? Okay, this is going to happen. Fine. Are you ready? Yes. Then jump into it. Yeah. 
when you have that expectation, that mindset, right? It's like, it opens things up. You have less things holding you back. You don't get in your own way. And you're like, I can just move on and, and be okay with the, the circumstances, right? Or learn, hey, this isn't going the way I want. What do I have to do to yes. make it go the right direction, right? That's that's being a business owner, man. It's like problem solving, problem solving, problem solving, problem solving. That's really what it comes down to. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, man. Was that, is that Gandhi? Was that? <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi. Right? Is it Gandhi? <laughs> so now here's the fun part. The rapid fire or you can call it the fractal fire round. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> we'll work on the name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, one skill that you need to work on, professional and personal life. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, one skill that I continuously find myself working on is uh, listening. And uh, trying to shut my brain off when people are talking to me so that I can just like hear what they're trying to say or, or, or figure out what I even am trying to get out of the conversation. You know what I mean? Um, so being a better listener is, is definitely uh, on that list of things that I'm always kind of working on. Um, another is probably like my personality is like very, very laid back, as I'm sure you've, you've noticed. Uh, so sometimes I, yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not uh, aggressive enough, like jumping at opportunities and those types of things. Right. So I have people like my wife who pushes me in the right direction or, you know, whoever it might be, I have those people in my corner, but that's one of those things that I'm also trying to just like, uh, uh, get, get past, right. I'm not going to change my personality. I'm not trying to, I'm fine with, with my personality, but it definitely is something that has held me back in the past from, from potentially good opportunities. Personal life is, the, is it the same thing that you need to work on listening? Yeah. Listening is the one I think that crosses all barriers because I don't think that that's a skill that you can ever maximize. Right. Okay. So if, if listening is the skill that you need to work on in your personal life, I think so now it's two instances, you don't want your wife to listen to this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening. Okay. I'm listening, but I'm not listening. <laughs> so now from each category, if there's any, so, one book, one movie, one purchase. Oh, okay. Inspired, inspired you, motivated you in life. Oh man. Um, I mean, books, I can give you, a, I can give you a bunch probably. Uh, one. one, uh, let's see. That's, t- that's tough. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple and you can do with it. What okay, you will. Okay, two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I will say that, um, I read this at the right time of my life, but uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl or Frankl. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Uh, I read that while I was um, injured and after I had the concussion and the neck injury. And it was uh, a very good uh, perspective for giving me perspective on things, right? And figuring out what we're, we're, what I cared about, essentially. Um, I also really like, uh, you're getting more than, you're getting more than two. I like anything by like Taleb. Uh, Mark Manson, Jordan Peterson, uh, things on the lines of like philosophy and stoicism and just things that like uh, challenge you to think a little bit deeper, right? Like Taleb is a great one, like anti-fragile, right? Black Swan, all those books are just like, this dude is just taking, uh, like he is just showing you how he thinks, right? Like this is how to think about things on a deeper, deeper level. And we really definitely in my opinion, need more more of that. And regardless of what what kind of field you're in, um, I can't think of any good any movies that uh, I have to come back to that one. Let me think about that one a little bit. Sure, no problem. Person, one person. Uh, one person. Uh, if I'm giving one person, it's hundred uh, percent going to be my wife, uh, without without a doubt. I mean, she has been like, uh, I mean, positive influence on everything I do like every single day, right? Like uh, if we're talking professionally, like there's, there are a bunch, you know, that I could, could talk about. Um, but if it's just one, it's definitely her. Yeah. She'll be happy listening to this part of the podcast. I'm, all, I'm only letting her listen to this part. Yeah, yeah. Just turn, <laughs> yes, turn, it, turn it on at 58 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> one incident that has changed your entire perspective of looking at life. One oh, that's easy. Brain injury. Yeah, hundred percent. Easily, easily. There's nothing yeah. that even comes comes close to that, right? That's uh, that's my my perspective on 
what matters as a human, like what I care about as a person, the things that I care about, uh, how I treat as a, a physical therapist, how I interact with humans, like it's changed 100% everything, how I view uh, the human body, right? And like systems interactions, all those things. That's, yeah. True, true. Yeah, not even, no contest. <laughs> not even COVID. Yeah, no, 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 not even COVID. And your most prized possession. Oh, geez. Um, is that physical? Physical? And like, could it, if I'm, uh, you can tell me if this is an acceptable answer, uh, but I'm going to say my. No, don't, please, don't, please don't tell me your skeleton model or pelvis model. <laughs> it's not my, it's my rib cage. You see it over there? I, got, I sleep with it by my head every oh. night. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what I'm going to say uh, is, is my health. And the reason I say that is because I have seen what it's like to not have it and to not be able to be there for the people that count on me. Uh, so if I don't take care of myself and, and have all that stuff under wraps, just like you said before, right? Like your mental health, right? Your relationships, all that stuff. If I'm not, if I'm not good on the inside as a person, then my ability to help uh, other people in whatever capacity is going to be very limited. So final answer. Great answer, because I think the way people ignore their health is so shocking. They will tolerate things until and unless things get so bad that their day-to-day -day life is affected. Until then, they're not going to take any step, nutrition-wise, training-wise, let alone breathing drills and all those stuff. They're not going to do it. Pretty shocking. Unless you lose it, you don't know the value. You don't know the value. Yeah, 100%. And I look at when I got injured, it was uh, obviously it was like a turning point for me. Uh, but I was not taking care of a lot of things that I could have been. Yeah. Straight up. True. Right. I just like fact, it's like, there's no, like, I look back now, I don't regret anything. It's like, is what it is, but that's reality, man. Your definition of happiness and success. Happiness and success. Um, that's, that's another good one. At the most basic level, like I care uh, about a few certain things in life, right? And I care about spending, obviously my health, I care about spending time with my family and my wife and my close friends. And I care about meeting new people and I care about being truthful, right? To, to myself and to the people that I'm with. Like if I could do those basic things, man, like that's gonna check those boxes for me, right? I think, I think you missed your dogs. Well, they're family though. They're in family. Oh, they're, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Describe life as you have experienced in one word. <laughs> uh, life in one word. I'm going to say, uh, can I say journey or can I say hard? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hard journey. Yeah. That's two words, but yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. It's, it's a journey, man. It's a journey. Right. And the process is what matters, right? There's no right or wrong. It's just, you know, are you truthful to yourself? And are you, are you doing what you, you kind of want to do, man? Like, it's really like at the most basic level is kind of how I think of things is journey. People, enjoy people the process. So, people are so goal oriented. that sometimes miss the pleasure that the process gives the process, man. So, yeah. It's a uh, good stuff's going to happen. Bad stuff's going to happen. Neutral things are going to happen. Right. It's just how we respond. Right. And, and the bigger picture that, that is important. The rapid fire is up. And now the last three questions of the day for you is that what advice would you give to someone who is skeptical about making that career shift and thinking whether to do it or to not to do it. So, what would be, would be your practical advice to that person who's listening to this? Yeah, uh, we kind of answered, answered this. I would, uh, I would say, ask yourself, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen if you do it or if you don't do it? Most of the time that you're going to realize pretty quickly that you just got to jump in and, and just do it. And there's no amount of planning you're going to do that's going to make the decision easier, right? Maybe a little easier, but at some point that's going to yes. stop and you just got to do it, right? So you're going to die anyway. So <laughs> well, yeah, so do it. Yeah. yeah. And as an industry senior, what would you advise? <laughs> Easy with that word, man. <laughs> to someone like me. Uh -huh. what would you what, as, a, in, as an industry senior, what would you advise yeah. to a coach or practitioner like me? Yeah. So I would say uh, find people 
who are doing what you want to do and who are working with the people that you want to work with uh, and learn from them. Like whether that means you take a, uh, like travel to a different state to take an internship with them, whether you pay them for their time for calls, if you, whatever, uh, learn from, from people who are actually, actually doing what they say they do and working with real live humans. Um, yes. because the internet, it's very easy to make it seem like you work with people and you probably don't. Yes. Um, so just <laughs> find, find those people and, and gravitate towards them, stick with them. Correct. The true role models or mentors, very crucial to have mentors who have this skin in the game. Who have skin in the game, who reps, man. They're getting reps. They're reps. doing They're doing the thing, man. Yeah. Reps, 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 yeah. And so the last question for you. Right now, at this moment and at this age, how do you see life as? And what are your major learnings and how do you intend to move on from here? Yeah. Um, there's only so much that we can control, right, as a human being. Uh, so we do our best to control those things and everything else, like you're going to get stressed, it's going to happen. But when you take a step back and realize that things are out of your control or those things might be out of your control, uh, it, it, it alleviates some of that, that pressure. Uh, and that's our lessons I've learned, you know, obviously like the hard way over, over life and a lot of lost, uh, nights of lost sleep. <laughs> um, that's probably, probably the, the biggest thing, man, is, is that, Going forward, man, same thing, dude. It's just like, get, get a, just keep growing, man. That's it. Like keep learning from other people. Uh, you know, same, time same only, type of approach. Time, time goes one direction, goes man. One direction. Yeah. Yep. Time only time. goes one direction, right? Uh, you accept the fact, right? Memento mori. You know what that means? Memento mori, yes. Right. Like it's, it's a reality, right? So when you have that appreciation in, in your head, uh, your perspective shifts and, uh, you start to care more about certain things and less about other things. And that's, that's ultimately yes. what's important, right? Remember the things that are adding value to your life and minimize yes. the things that detract from, from value in your life is probably the simplest way to, to look at it. Control the controllables if you can, and then let the rest play on its own. Yeah. Play, all, wanna... your cards, play all your cards and whatever leads from there on. Yeah. Don't sweat the, the small things, right? When you start, when you start dissecting little micro cycles of your life, things might look a little crappy, but when you start taking a bigger picture, right? It's not as bad, right? I look back. Yes. I had COVID a few months ago, 12 days and it's gone. Right. And then I was luckily able to move on. I had a bad injury four years ago. If I look back from that time, I'm like, wow, my life sucks. But now here I am four years later and things are going pretty well. Right. So it's, it's all perspective, you know, and if you just take a step back, I'm not saying don't get upset because you're injured or if you get sick or whatever, like, yes, those things suck. Appreciate that. But remember journey is, is the bigger picture is, 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 is what it's about. True. True. Being honest to yourself. Okay. This sucks. This is so bad. Okay. Now what I can do from here on, what are the options that I have and move on from there? Yeah. It's not easy. I'm not like, I don't want to give the wrong impression. Not easy. Like yes. I still have the same, deal with the same shit other people deal with right <laughs> but the perspective shift is is helpful 100 so sean it was a pleasure talking to you you have been my first guest and it was an incredible episode i hope the listeners like it as well and thank you for taking out time from your busy schedule awesome no my pleasure man encore i think you're gonna have yes. uh my parent my parents are gonna be the first listeners of your podcast <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> looking forward to it all right, man. <laughs> All right, man. See you. All right, Encore. See you, man. Thank you for your time and listening to this podcast. If you want to get in touch with Sean or me, our Instagram handle IDs are shared in the episode description. Please feel free to do so. And hope you have a great day and see you soon.